Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Great episode today. We got Greg Pratt, music journalist, teacher, and the writer of a Fat Wreck documentary. Uh, you may remember a few episodes back, John Cologne of a Fat Wreck. He was the director of this film, and because of him, uh, Greg and I were able to get in touch on the Twitter. Uh, you can follow him on at Twitter, at Greg Pratt Writer. And uh, now we got the writer of the documentary, which I was fascinated about how you can write a documentary. And then he's also a music journalist. Music journalist, his work has appeared in Exclaim, BraveWords.com, Revolver, Alternative Press, much more. And uh, the one thing I did not know about Greg is that he's Canadian. And God, Canadians are the nicest people in the fucking world. And I love those little, those little differences about you don't realize between our countries. There's a couple spots in the episode. I think I saw he was from CA somewhere, and I thought that meant California, but it meant Canada. And I think he said something about like continuum education, and I was thinking like a GED program, like we have in here in the states, but uh, it was like a college. So uh, Greg's just the man. Awesome, awesome, awesome dude. Great chat. I'm so glad to have him on. You know, give him a give him a tweet on a, on Twitter at Greg Pratt. Dude loves. Oh, at, I'm sorry, at Greg Pratt writer. Dude loves metal, and um, just I cannot wait for the film to come out. If you're listening to this and a fat wreck is already out, go see it somewhere on the internet. But uh, if not, you can check out their website, afatwreck.com. And um, just what a wonderful episode. And a quick plug for the show: you could find uh, you could find us on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. Uh, the wonderful network that we are on, the Misfits Network. TheMisfitsNetwork.com. They're on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. And uh, the show is also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Let's Us Chat. Leave us an iTunes review. Uh, apparently that's, like, really helpful. And I noticed it actually is becoming helpful because I got a bunch of new reviews, so thank you to anyone who has left one. Thanks for listening. Um, well, let's just, let, let's just get to it. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid to Bring Funk, Laugh the Flex, Love, Funk, Star, Ski So you wrote the Pat, the, the Fat Wreck, A Fat Wreck, the Punkumentary documentary Yeah, uh, yeah Just kind of got connected that's right. Yeah, I'm the the head writer for that. So when those guys got that project started, they reached out to me and asked if I would like to be the the writer. And you know, people kind of wonder what exactly it means being a writer for a documentary. You know, yeah, that was my first question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and that's totally a, a fair question. Um, basically, what it means. I mean, I'm not writing a, a a plot or anything per se, but you know, I'm going through all the interview transcriptions and picking out the parts that I think would make for the most interesting story and, you know, yeah, plot for lack of a better, better term. And those guys are helping out too. You know, Sean's involved in that process as well as I am. So like, cause um, I, I love documentaries, but I always am wondering. And so Sean was the first person I've ever talked to who's made one. So I was just so like baffled by it. Like, do you guys just shoot a bunch of footage and then carve out a story, or do you kind of go into it knowing what you're looking for? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I don't think we really went into it knowing what we're looking for, because I think we're coming out of it with something that we weren't necessarily expecting. So I think we went into it just thinking, oh, cool, 
fuck, that record's awesome. Let's film everyone and, uh, you know, just kind of see what happens. Um, but really what the movie ended up being about was it's really about family and it's really about this, this chosen family and this community, this group of people. And um, it's about uh, business, business ethics and, you know, having a, a strong sense of business, business ethics and not fucking people over. And going into the movie, uh, going into the filming, I didn't realize that either of those two things were so prominent in the Fat Records community. Um, so both those was kind of a surprise to me. And they've really, they're turning into a big part of what the movie's about. And I, we didn't really expect that going into it. So yeah, we just went into it just thinking, you know, hey, we, we love Propagandy. We love Lagwagon and Strung Out. Let's, you know, and all those bands, let's go film them and make a fun movie and the the kind of plot lines as it were that came out of it uh were pretty unexpected to us oh that's really great uh so did you grow up on fat rec records oh absolutely um when i was i'm 38 now so when i was um i don't know i can't do the math but i was like a, a in the mid-teens when like the first lag wagon record came out and the first propaganda record came out and I mean, I was right there. I had them on, on cassette and I had a white propaganda cassette for the first album and it's totally cliche, but yeah, those albums like big time changed my life. Um, I was at the time just starting to get into the underground punk rock scene, going to local shows and whatnot. So like my life was already changed by that point. Um, but when those bands came along and incorporated the 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 speed that I love being a, a heavy metal fan since childhood, there was the speed and the aggression and the the musicianship to some degree of you know say thrash metal speed metal. But obviously this was not these weren't metal bands. They were totally melodic, uh, totally punk rock. So they had melodies. They had uh, the aggression of heavy music that I liked. But then they also had this uh, this kind of ethos and this, this way of, of, of life, you know, especially when you put on the first Propaganda album when you're 15 years old and you sit down and read the liner notes, I mean, that's going to have a pretty big impact on the way you live your life. Um, either that or you think it's just absurd, you know, one or the, one or the other, right? Yeah. Um, me, it had a big impact on the way I live my life to this day. So, and, and another thing about those bands is they all continue to be great like Lagwagon's new album Strung Out's new album Good Riddance's new album all came out in the past year and they're all excellent they, they still sound like a bunch of young guys just going for it and throughout my life it's been a form of music that there's been eras where I haven't listened to like a lot of the kind of melodic pop punk stuff but I always come back to it and it, it's always a, a constant and it's it's still kind of my go-to kind of music to get me going in the morning or get me through a tough day. It's either that or like full-on fucking thrash metal or death metal. You know, it's yeah. either, <laughs> either going to be like, you know, Lagwagon's third album or Megadeth's fourth album. You know, it's one of those two. But so it's been very consistent over the years that those bands have been really good and really have meant a lot to me over the years, no matter how, how old I am, how old I get. Yeah, I was reading your article on uh, Alternative Press, the uh, the ranking of the top ten Fat Rec record groups, mm -hmm. 
I was like, I, I was imp- I was surprised uh, that No Effects wasn't number one, but I, I did I did agree with your ranking that, that Propaganda took it. Yeah, I think that Propaganda album that that I said was number one, Potemkin City Limits. Um, I know it's not everyone's number one, and I know lots of fans don't like that album as much, so it's a bit of a weird choice for me. But to me, that album is just like the the, the perfect synthesis of punk and metal and just this this desperation and just this this feeling in the music that that like literally if i were to just close my eyes and think like what does the perfect music sound like it would sound pretty close to like those first three songs on that album so to me they they really hit something really special on that album and like i know in a sense it kind of failed i guess in a way because i know lots of fans didn't really like it as much but um, I don't think that matters. I think I think the band was onto something really special. You could tell they really put their hearts into that album. And to me, every time I listen to it to this day, it just makes my my blood, you know, boil like in a good way. Like it just makes me yeah. like like pumped up and like you know every muscle tense up and like it, it's just it's so good. Um, I mean, I think every Propaganda album is so good. But I think that one in particular was just it was just amazing. But people fucking hated that list. People tore it apart. Well, and, it's the internet. Yeah, it's the internet, and I mean, any top ten list is going to happen. Yeah, um, it, it, there's just no way you're ever going to make one that makes anyone happy. No, no, and and that's fine because that list made made me happy. And you know, it, it definitely was skewed a bit towards my my age. You know, you could tell. Because you know, you do a top ten list like that, and a lot of nostalgia is going to come into play, and a lot of you know yeah. personal feelings so a lot of you know do i think the second strung out album is is a better album than like the the third or fourth strung out album maybe not necessarily but it's the one that had the biggest impact on my life and means the most to me so you know there's definitely a bit of personal you know, but, you know it's standard the test of time it does yeah yeah, yeah. you know all those albums do um as for no no effects yeah i mean i mean as for no effects not being number one you know no effects albums just never had the same impact on my life the way propaganda albums did. I mean, no one, no, no band ever has, you know, yeah. when you're up against propaganda, like everyone's going to lose. Yeah. It's funny about propaganda. Uh, Cause uh, I feel like I've always met very few of their fans, but the people who like, there's no one who it's either you're in love with them and you're the biggest fan in the world, or there's no in between. Like I've never met anyone who's hated them. I've, people like me who like, I know their name. I never knew much about them. But then my my buddy Jeff, who played in this band called Folly, like that's like, that's how I ever heard of him. He'd always talk about them. I was like, really, Propaganda? I should look into them. And then I found him. I was like, fuck, I missed out. Because <laughs> I yeah. never liked No FX. I don't know why. I f- I don't know what it was. Growing up, I think it was just a certain archetype of male that I would meet that liked No FX or like kind of douchey bros. Um, right. Right, right. Nothing against no effects, of course, because like I respect Fat yeah. rec- Records a lot. I mean, um, but I'm, I'm 30, and I don't know. I found Lagwagon through the Tony Hawk games, so like I kind of came at it in a whole. Because I'm from the Northeast, so that whole it is very odd how it kind of affects where you grow up. Because like uh, my my version of the scene was like basement shows, but in California there's no basements. So right. like, <laughs> I found West Coast punk maybe five or ten years after its heyday. And right, like, oh right. man, this is a, it was yeah the Tony Hawk games where I found all of this stuff and just fucking love it. It's it's the best. 
Yeah, I w- I've certainly heard that a lot during the making of this movie. People had found fat rack bands through, yeah, through Tony Hawk games. And again, because of my age, I kind of like I can't. I did play some Tony Hawk, but it was like way late. I had like a PlayStation Two like ten years ago, kind of thing. Like I was like, yeah. and like behind the times, so um, that wasn't. You know, I couldn't really relate to that, but I mean, that doesn't matter. I'm just happy that everyone has managed to find a way to, to find this, this great music, you know? Yeah, I have, like, this very specific memory of anyone who's played Tony Hawk 2 in Venice and, like, hopping, doing ollies over the bums, listening to Lagwagon's May 16th right, and right. with my neighbors. And then we, like, went to, like, an FYE, which I don't know if that even... No, they still exist, but it's, you know corporate music store and buying that album and just being like oh my god this is fucking amazing you could do this I, yeah. I, just being blown away by because that song's kind of it's really sad i don't remember i remember being very sad by that song yeah that's a great song yeah it's it's great I love, I love the song and that song in particular to me really sums up a lot of what is great about uh fat records bands and just kind of melodic punk rock in general when it's done right, you know, it's not always done great, but when it's done great, um, it can really move you in a way. And that's, you know, that, that's that's really important. That's what music should do. And I, I, did you grow up in California? No, no, no. I'm in Canada. Oh, no way. You grew up in Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't, And it, it hit you up there as well? well yeah, I'm in, um, I'm in uh, Victoria, B.C. So. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm very far far removed from the rest of the guys making the movie who are down in Texas. They reached out to me. I wrote a story about propaganda, and they saw it and reached out to me. So, you know, we've just been kind of doing a long-distance relationship making the movie, and it's been working out great. That's awesome. And so, so, I mean, you grew up falling in love with this music, and uh, you got to make a career. You're a music journalist. You're the second one on the show, which you guys are uh, kind of blow my mind because that's such a – interesting field um the other one i've had on was jonah bear and i've heard him yes. talk when people ask him he's like how did you do he's like i don't know if the advice that i took would even work anymore because things have just changed so drastically mm-hmm. it's like how did you uh was it always your goals just like you're gonna work in music in some facet not really my goal no since i was a teenager well since i was a kid I, i've just been obsessed with music as a kid i was obsessed with kiss the band kiss and just, just fucking obsessed. I was like seven years old and just had like, you know, a Kiss shrine in my yeah. room. And then, yeah, I got older and got more into, you know, from Kiss, it led to heavier things and more underground things eventually. So by the time I was a teenager, I was, you know, really into heavy metal and punk rock. But like, like obsessively so. It, it was my, my life. You know, I grew up in a small town and I was just kind of like, oh, you know, what do I do here? And when I was a teenager, it just became my, my whole everything. Um but I never had designs to, to you know, make a career out of it. And and I don't make a full time career out of it right now. It's more of a, a, a fun thing I do on the side. Um, but I just kind of accidentally fell into it. Really, uh, the short version of the story is I was doing a radio show here in Victoria at the university, a heavy metal radio show. And at the time, that radio station had a uh, magazine basically that went out to the community every month and they asked if I'd do a couple CD reviews. And I, looking back, especially, you know, a horrible writer, you know, not a good writer whatsoever back then, but I knew a lot about heavy metal. So, and I was super like passionate about it and into it. So eventually 
one thing led to the next. I did that for a while. I reached out to a few other magazines just on a, on a whim, just kind of a thinking there's no way. Like I reached out to some big magazines and they both said, yes, we'll take you on. And I was like, holy shit, but I don't know what I'm doing. But I was like, okay, sure. You know, I can do this. In my head, I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to do this. So I was just kind of winging it. And, you know, one thing led to the next and I started interviewing bands and doing longer stories. And then, yeah, I started eventually getting some paychecks for it. And I was like, holy cow, this is, this is amazing. Um, but, you know, I, I also think it's, it's, important to have good music journalists out there. I'm not saying I'm necessarily a good one, but I think it's important to have, you know, real serious music journalists out there as, as, you know, especially growing up in a pre-internet time, I put a lot of stock into what the magazine reviews said, you know, it was important to me and it's how you filtered through the stuff. And, you know, I, I think it's still important to have people out there writing about this stuff and covering it and saying this is good, this is bad, um, you know, just taking it really, really seriously. So, I mean, that's what I try to do. Yeah, and then, so you, you write, uh, or so you, you're like a freelancer for like, yes. but you've written for uh, Exclaim, Revolver, uh, Brave Words, AP. So, I mean, those are all some pretty good-sized publications, so that's that's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been so much fun. I, I love doing it. Um, you know, it's just to get to write about and interview these bands that I've grown up loving is, uh, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. I love doing it. That's, and uh, you're also a teacher. I do teach. Um, I do some like uh, continuing education teaching out here in Victoria. I teach both journalism and a class on the history of heavy metal, which is... Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? That's like... I wish that existed when I was in high school. It's Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, I get to bring in my computer and just crank up the tunes and just talk about the history of heavy metal, which is something I, for better or for worse, know a lot about, and it's just a blast. What is the history? Like, the shortened version of like heavy, heavy metal, when did that even start? Like, I have no concept of it, because ever since I was a kid, it just existed. Right. Um, I mean, you know, how many hours do you got? I, I could literally talk about this for <laughs> hours and hours. But, you know, there's, the short version is Black Sabbath. Yeah, okay. Because, like, isn't the what's-his-face got his fingers chopped off and then he had to uh, yeah, play and drop D? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that that is considered the birth of heavy metal? That's where I start, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, You know, we can debate this stuff all day long, but really, you know, the long and the short of it is, yeah, Black Sabbath is, yeah. is where it ends. Because uh, uh, I was looking at your thing, like uh, your reviews, it was like Cradle of Filth and then Old Wounds. So you are like all over the board with your musical taste, which I really respect. Well, I'm not really. I mean, I, especially as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that actually quite the opposite. I think I'm pretty narrow minded with my musical taste because like it's not like I sit around listening to like jazz or classical or even like hardly any indie rock anymore. Like the older I get, the more it's just like basically metal or punk rock or hardcore do you think that's a time thing though because i'm guessing you have way less time to listen to music because uh, as we get older and have more responsibilities because i find myself the same way like yeah my, i can't just sit around and listen to every record anymore like i have to go no, to work no. yeah totally totally so time is short but like at least now this might change when i get older but like i just like i'm just i'm just not interested in say jazz I um, hate jazz. I just want to throw it out there to everyone. Like, I've loved a lot of music that a lot of people didn't like, and that's like I grew up in hardcore, and I can totally get why you wouldn't something behind it. 
I've tried jazz so many times. I just, <laughs> just I fucking hate it. I yeah, just I do not I enjoy any it. of it. I, I don't hate it. It just does. It just doesn't do anything for me. It just doesn't hit me at all. And yeah. try, and and I'll listen to it, and it just kind of goes in one ear at the other. And like literally, maybe I'm just, I just don't get it, and I'll get it one day. It's like trying to listen to Fugazi for me. It's just like, uh, yeah, God, I, I've tried so many times, and this music just does not impact me in any way. Um, and it's not like it, it sucks. As I get older, I find my musical tastes, kind of to my surprise and counterintuitively, have narrowed. And, you know, when I was in my 20s, I did spend time trying to get into jazz in particular. And I, I seriously gave it, gave it my all, and I just couldn't do it. Um, so it might seem like, yeah, if you look at my reviews, you think, oh, Cradle of Filth and Old Wounds, this guy is pretty all over the map. Um but I'm not really. It's all basically loud derivatives of rock and roll that I like. So great. So do you ever have students who are like, just like, they must love you? Because like, like the metal kid, you know, when you're the metalhead in high school. I had metalhead friends in high school. Uh, these two, uh, Ernie and Tom, and they only liked music from like Norway. They were the ones <laughs> who told me about like In Flames and all these bands like years before they would even come to the U.S. Or like, uh, I can't remember any of the names. But like, yeah. I would imagine if they had you as a teacher, it'd be like, an adult speaks my language. Like, oh yeah, he was the guy who would show me like Yingwei Malstein before, <laughs> and you're just like, what? In flames. Yeah. I was like, I tried to get into heavy metal or that like kind of really speed metal. Yeah. It wasn't not for me. <laughs> it's not for everyone. And just to clarify, I don't teach at high school. The courses are continuing education through uh, university and colleges up here. So. Oh, geez. See, that's the whole different. A little. Our countries are so close, but so different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, yeah. It, it, heavy metal, like like punk rock. I mean, it's not for everyone. And it's like you know, like we're saying about jazz. Like it just something might not stick with you for whatever reason. And you know, that that's fine. Yeah, but when you find it, when it hits, it hit, and that's kind of more fun when it doesn't hit for everybody. Because if mm -hmm. it did, it'd be like Aerosmith. Like Aerosmith's good, but like I'm not. I mean. You know, it's Aerosmith. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. They're fine. They're the most mediocre band because it, it appeals to everyone. Just went and saw Aerosmith play. Was it Are great? We, they were great. Yeah. Yeah. I and, had and that I, happen before with uh, Coldplay. I had free tickets. So I was like, yeah, oh, whatever. It's Coldplay. Yeah. Good fucking time. And I loved every second of it. So I. Yeah, yeah. There's something out there for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, those, those big rock bands, they know what they're doing, too. Like, when you go to a, a show, you know, with Aerosmith or the Rolling Stones or whatever, one of these bands who've been around for, like, 200 years, like, they, they know they know how to put on a show. So. I used to work at a Starbucks in a hotel, and uh, Snoop Dogg was playing the venue right next door. And I didn't meet him, but I got to meet all his crew people because uh, they were coming in to get coffee for him or whatever. And I was just talking to this one dude, real punk rock guy. He had a Strike Anywhere tattoo. And I'm like, <laughs> and we're just talking. I don't know what he did for Snoop exactly, but he was one of the sound guys or something. And I was like, ah, man, what's it like being on tour with Snoop Dogg? That must be fucking awesome. He's like, honestly, it's like working for your dad. He's the most polite man I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> and then like the, I knew all the bouncers that would come through Lupo's. They'd come in. They're like, yeah, Snoop Dogg was here. I was like, how oh, was that? Like, a lot of weed in the dressing room? They're like, Snoop Dogg cleaned up after himself and left a thank you note. <laughs> this, this That's hilarious. Kind of reminded me of like what you were just saying. Like you don't get to that level for that long and be terrible and an asshole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny to think Snoop Dogg, this, his reputation, and then he's like cleaning up his green room and leaving a thank you note. I was like, that to me, That's I actually awesome. thought that was awesome. That made me respect yeah, yeah. the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, 
it's because it's funny, but like when you meet someone like who likes jazz and is like really into jazz, it's like people like you and like Propagandi. It's just like, or me with a that scene of like the pop pop pop, uh, pop punk in the Northeast from a certain era. Like I, you know, I don't just like it. Like I just fall in love and like. What yeah. member was in what band? What label were you on? Oh, did you see this show from in the basement from like 20 years ago where all these bands before they blew up were together? Yeah. It's great. It, that's something else exciting about the movie is is I think it's going to make a lot of old school Fat Records fans really happy because we've got, you know, Bracket, we've got Tilt, Face to Face, um, you know, the Goober Patrol, you know, these, these older bands that um, aren't necessarily the 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 huge stars as it were of the label that you think of um but you know people who had you know those two or three bracket seven inches are gonna be like super stoked i only heard a face-to-face and all those people you just mentioned but it actually after talking to sean it did uh he turned me on to bad cop bad cop and then uh, right. the comp they put out so i like i started trying to delve back into that world um and uh I'm really excited for that documentary. It really does look amazing. Uh, and Sean was as cool as could be. And it turned mm-hmm. out we were both huge Simpsons fans. So I was like, all right, we're <laughs> like, just the previews were like, they had like really good layers of comedy in a music documentary. So whenever I see that, I'm like, all right, I am excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be a good balance between humor and, and serious content as well. Because a big part of, you know, Fat Records, especially in the old days, was the bands were always a little bit funny, always had, you know, a joke song or two on the albums, and, you know, didn't always take themselves totally seriously. So, you know, we're trying to kind of honor that a bit too, I think. Yeah, anytime you have Fat Mike, you got to expect something weird, because he's, he's a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, according to Sean, he's not, uh, he's sounds like a actually pretty good human being overall so i thought that was kind of nice you know that's something else that came up out of all the interviews we did was was everyone had nothing but really nice things to say about mike and i mean that there's no reason why i would think otherwise or anything um you know i I don't know mike or anything but you know the, the the image that you see in the media and on stage and stuff is certainly you know he's this kind of crazy party animal sort of guy and and everything's uh everything's a party or something, you know, and that aspect's there. But um, I was I was stunned by how everyone talked about um, his and the label's business ethics and how, how um, solid they are and how on point they are because I, I never realized that. I, I had heard over the years that Fat um, pays the bands well as far as, you know, as far as any, like, punk rock band gets paid, which isn't like a ton or anything, but you know, I'd, I'd heard like, Oh yeah, they, they pay good. Um, but to interview, you know, we did over a hundred interviews and to have like everyone say they never fucked me over. They always paid on time. They pay a fair rate. It, like it's shocking. I mean, that doesn't even happen with like Sony or like BMG or like, the big labels. There's just I, nothing we, but horror stories. If we interviewed a hundred artists on a major label, um, the results would be different. If we interviewed a hundred artists who had worked with smaller labels, the results would be different. Unless it's like you know Discord, which is probably the the, the one label that came up the most during these interviews, which surprised me because I never ever thought to compare Discord and Fat Records in my mind. Um, but that comparison actually came up a lot with 
people. They out of their mouth saying, you know, fad is a lot like discord the way they operate ethically. And that was uh, really cool to hear because, you know, if you're running a punk rock record label, why be a asshole? Like why, you know, these stories you hear about other labels and you just think that sucks. Like how hard is it just to pay your bands and pay them on time? And, you know, Fat Records has has pulled it off over the years, as far as I can tell, and that's that's really really cool. Even like those things that you and I would never hear about, but like say a band wants to leave the label, and like, and this happens with labels sometimes. Uh, I think Victory Records has always been kind of known for not being awesome to their bands, <laughs> but like yeah. I've listened to interviews of like I think it was Taking Back Sunday where like they signed the band, and then when two of the members left. It was in their contract that Victory would own the, the whatever. If anyone left the band and then started a side project, Victory would own it. I, mm-hmm. There's way more to it. I've heard them talk about it, but like yeah. stuff like that doesn't seem to exist with that wreck. Like against me, would just walk to like, all right, new label, and it's not like we yeah. own five percent of this. This like that really shady show business. Music yeah, business and, and it's so disappointing when you hear about labels like victory like i've never dealt with victory directly you know i don't know but i mean you google online right now victory records rip off and you're going to find a million things you google fat records rip off you're probably not going to find anything and like that's you know when i was a kid there were you know i had a i had a fucking earth crisis cd ep on victory and i thought it was great so to to get a few years older and realize that you know the label is known for you know, and I'm not picking on victory, but it's just like fact that they're known for for these shady business dealings. That sucks. Like th- this is supposed to be punk rock. Like how hard is it just to put out a record and, and pay the bands? And if yeah, if they want to leave the label, let them leave or whatever. Like why why do we like why does it have to be not just a business but like a shitty business? I'm not saying big shitty, but just just in general, why do you have to have a shitty business model? Why not just keep it simple and keep it keep it cool and, and easy and ethical. And it's going to work out better in the long run because here we are in 2015 and who has a better reputation, Fat Records or one of these labels that people talk shit about all the time? You know? There's uh, no documentary being made about Victory or any of the other labels that screw everyone over, so it's, that should speak for something that I know of. But yeah. I mean, there's a reason there's a Fat Rec one coming out and we're all going to go see it because it sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a... They're they're just a cool label. I just respect what they've done. And just to clarify, you know, we're always saying this, but you know, it's important to know that like we're not uh, making this movie for Fat. We're not being paid by Fat. I don't work for Fat. Um, you know, we're just a bunch of you know fans. And you know, I'm a journalist, and those guys are filmmakers, and we're just we're doing this. Um, you know, we're, it's going to be a very honest and fair movie. If half the people we had talked to were like, yeah, you know what, we got ripped off, we'd put it in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so, think that's what makes it so great. It's the fan perspective, and then it's the truth. So, yeah, it's totally the truth. Um, but, I mean, let me tell you, the the criticisms we've heard have been so few and, and you know, not really to do with the business side of things. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's been very, very glowing, which is... You know, as a journalist, it's almost a bit disappointing. I'm like, oh, fuck, where's the, where's, the, <laughs> where's the other side of the story? This is so like one-sided. Like, I don't really want to write stories that are just like rah rah rah. So, but what can you do when when you interview 
that many people and they're all just saying great things. I mean, yeah, it's nice to see something like, um, nice for a change. Like, there's always yeah. a lot of shitty news out there. So, uh, I'm 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 a big fan of heartwarming and inspiring things, especially if it's about music that I love. So it sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for well, sure. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, though. Where can people find you on the old internets? My pleasure. Um, people are welcome to find me on Twitter. My my uh, my name handle or whatever it's called is Greg Pratt Writer, all one word. And you know, I'm I'm always happy to chat with people. Um, you know, I'm I'm around and just happy to talk. And you know, the the movie we've been getting so much support. It's been unbelievable. And and you know, we really appreciate it. And we're we're really there for people. If anyone wants to get in touch for any reason, you know, I'm happy to just chat whenever. So um, yeah, for sure, you can find me on Twitter and and drop me a line there if anyone wants to. I'm always happy to to yammer on a bit. And your uh, your writings are all over the place. Uh, people yeah. check out all the, that great stuff. And awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah um, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. Nice chatting with you. You too. You too.